Indeed, forever we are changed by your love. When your word declared to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Lord, we are grateful to you that your love searched us out. Your love, O oh God, is being a sustenance. We thank you, my God, that we are wrapped in the palm of your hands. And you call us by name. We bless your name tonight. We thank you, O oh God, when we look at ourselves, we do not see lack, O oh God. We see the abundance that is in you. And Lord, we're grateful for that tonight. Let us lift up our hands tonight and just bless him. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. For your goodness, for your kindness, for your gracefulness. Thank you, my God, for your mercies. Thank you, my God, for all that you have done for us, O oh God. That indeed you have given us all that pertain to life and godliness. We thank you, Lord, that you are the glory and the lifter up of our head. We thank you, my God, that you are the joy of our life. You are the light of our countenance. We thank you, my God, you are the horn of our salvation. We lift up your name tonight, O oh God, because you're worthy. We lift up your name tonight because you're worthy. Let somebody give him praise tonight because he's worthy. Oh, glory to your name, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We exalt your name, oh God. We stand in awe of you, almighty God. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, my God, for all that you continue to do. We're grateful to you. We're grateful to you, oh God. Our hearts bow before you, oh God, saying thank you. Thank you, my God. Glory to your name, O oh Lord. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated, please. Hallelujah. How many of you were blessed yesterday? Uh, yesterday was a wonderful day. Um, every bit of the word that the man of God said, Happened to just zero in into something that I was just um, believing God for. Amen. And um, it started out with Psalm 34 yesterday, verse 5. I want you to please go again to that chapter for me. Psalm 34 and verse 5. Psalm 34, verse 5. Are we there? Okay. I'm going to have to open my own Bible here. Okay, Psalm 34 verse 5. It says, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. When I read the scripture, something pastor said yesterday and he said it in the passing. Um, he said something about when your child looks at you, when they're in some kind of fix, and they're looking at you. It's almost as if you are the only thing that they cling onto. And for some reason, there's a hope that they have by just looking at you. And when I went home and I sat and I began to look at that also, I kind of like also began to think about God. When the Bible says they looked at him and were radiant. What that said to me is, as we fix our eyes on God... We, we begin to see God smile down at us. 
when God told the children of Israel, when he instructed the, the priest to pray over them, part of the prayer he prayed was that the countenance of God will shine upon them. And so when I see that, I see God's countenance shining upon me. I see God smiling upon me. And because I see God smiling upon me, my eyes zeroes in into love. Do you understand that? And so I see the essence of love. And when I look at the essence of love, I realize then that I don't have any lack. Because in that love says to me, there is everything that I need. Do you agree with me? That's what that means. So when the man of God said that yesterday, that they looked unto him, they were radiant and were not ashamed. What that says to me is, God looks at me. He smiles down at me. He radiates his love upon me. And because he does that, I am confident. I mean, look at our children. When they come home and they look at you, even if they are not in a fix, and then maybe they ask you a question or you sit down with them, you talk with them. When you look at them face to face and they look at you and they see a smile on your face, I think for most of them it's made their day. You know, I don't know about you, sometimes when I'm not smiling, my son will ask me, is everything okay? And then it affects him as well because there's, there's some sort of way it looks up to me that whatever countenance that I have makes his day. You get what I'm trying to say. And so the same thing with God, that when I look unto God, whatever countenance I see of God makes my day. And the truth is God is forever smiling down at us. That is why he said they should pray that the countenance of God will shine upon them. And that's why the scripture tells us that the more we look into the word of God, we are changed from that same glory to the glory of the word that we see. Why? Because what we see is beyond what we are and is better than where we are. That's what the scripture is saying. So I'm saying to us tonight, we're talking here about no lack, no more lack in our life. The reason why I will know there's no more lack in my life is when I'm confident of the fact that you can supply my need, whatever my need may be. My need may be healing, my need may be of finance, my need may be peace, whatever my need may be. I want to know that what I am beholding is able to transform my life. Do you all agree with me? And so, it's, it, as you look at that scripture, one thing settles with me once and for all. Listen, for me to understand there's no more lack in my life, I need to settle one thing. That is, God loves me unconditionally. Listen, if I can settle the issue of love, every other thing will fall in place. If I know that you love me, I know you want my good. Is that, is that something that we all readily agree to? If I know that you are somebody that cares about me, I know I can come to you. Is that correct? And so once we settle the issue of the unconditional love of God, it settles everything. You know why? Because none of us asked God before he created us and he made everything available. Are you understanding me? None of us consulted him. But the Bible says, he begat us by the word of truth. In other words, God himself, who is truth, he chose to begat us. He chose to bring us forth. And because he chose to bring us forth, he brought us forth out of love. Are you following me? Amen. Now, I want to break down a few scriptures here tonight. If you please open with me to the book of John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, 10. 
It says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let me just take you through a few things that are going on in my mind tonight. In the beginning, the Bible says the earth was without form and void and that darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Bible says the spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. And God said, let there be. In creation, one thing becomes very clear. That God started from something that was nothing. And he had a picture of abundance. Are you following me? In other words, God saw this empty thing. And what God saw was the abundance that was in there and he spoke. Let there be light. And there was light. Keep following me. I know everybody's looking at me like, where is she going? I'm going somewhere. Just let me just keep going step by step. So in creation, God created something. Basically, some of us say out of nothing, but really was out of something, really. But it's just that what we saw, in the, what you see through the naked eyes is there seems to be nothing. But God saw something. Is that correct? Now, the Bible says here that the thief has come but not, except but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you will have life and have this life more abundantly. Now, look at this scenario here. God took Abraham had nothing. Come out from your kindred. Follow me to a place I will show you. A place of abundance. Is that clear? In other words, God started with Abraham from a place of lack to a place of abundance. Remember I said in creation, God started almost from a place of lack of something on the earth to a place of abundance. Since creation, we've seen nations and nations and nations only because God took something that seems to be, there was, there was something that had the lack in it and brought something out of it. Is that correct? Now, God took Abraham that had a lack in his own life, you understand? And he said to him, I will make of you a great nation. And in the natural eyes, when you look at Abraham, what you see is just lack. Abraham had nothing, nothing at all. But God took Abraham from that place of lack to a place of abundance. Now we talk about Israel. We talk about the fact that all this came out of the bosom of Abraham. Is that correct? Now this is God doing all of this. Taking something from, out of, from a place of lack to a place of abundance. Are you following me please? Now, God took 12 disciples. 12 disciples. Many of them did not know they are left from their right. God took them from where they were, many of them even from places of lack. And God used 12 disciples to spread the gospel to where you and I are partakers of the gospel. I'm trying to paint a picture here tonight. And the picture I'm trying to paint tonight is no matter the lack you see, there is a place of abundance that God has settled. Your lack does not define you. It is not your resting place and it is not your campsite. 
The, the, the place of lack is a place to go forth from where you are to where God is taking you. Number one, I said it took an earth that had nothing and spoke into it. We have nations all over the earth. It took Abraham that had nothing took him to become a, God, a, a, a father of many nations. Now at the same time, God took 12 disciples that didn't know where they were coming from or where they were going. And you and I are partakers of the good news of the gospel because God took something from a place of nothingness to a place of abundance. Is that correct? Now, can you please open with me to the book of Luke chapter 12. Now, the goal of God in all of this is to open our eyes that we may see the abundance that we have. And Pastor said it rightly, so succinctly yesterday. It is not my prayer that brings me into abundance. God did not manufacture the abundance just because I asked it. The abundance has always been there. It's just that I've only been aware all the time of my lack because I have focused only on my lack rather than the abundance that I have in God. I have come that they will have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus said, it is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he said, I have taken away what seems to be things that will kill you, that will destroy you, or that may steal from you, and I bring, I've brought you to a place of abundance, and I'm telling you, it is over, it is done. In other words, the enemy cannot steal from you again. It is not possible. Neither can the enemy kill you because a price has been paid for your life. Are you following me? Now, look at Luke chapter 12. I'm going to read there from verse 4. It said, and I say to you, my friend, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. Verse 5. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has the power to cast in hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Verse 6. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Number verse 7. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not, therefore, do not, do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows now let me link it to what i've been saying all along here's the story we've heard all throughout last week i mean on friday saturday and sunday about the fact that we need to have the fear of god and we understand yesterday what the pastor said the fear of god was i can't hear you reverence respect and honor so the fear that we, we now know from the scripture has nothing to do with be trembling, not being able to face God, as it were, giving God a preferential treatment in my life, giving him the place of preference in my life. So here, Jesus Christ now said, Jesus Christ, if, you're, if you are in the NKJV version, you will say, God, Jesus is teaching on fear, basically. We just, the topic will be teaching on fear. So Jesus here is saying, you almost think when Jesus Christ started from verse 1 to verse 3, you see almost a change. And really, there's no change. But it was just flowing in the same vein. But time will not permit me to go back to verse 1 and 3 and try to link it to verse 4. But however, let's start from verse 4, where Jesus Christ said, I'll show you who you should not be afraid of. 
Who you should not be afraid of. Do not be afraid of man. But I'll show you who you should have reverence for. Have reverence for God. And we understand from all the teachings here that reverence from God opens you up to a place in God where you can see the things that God has given you. Why? Because you are honoring the word of God. You're showing respect for God. And again, Pastor reiterated something yesterday that it is not because I do that that God does. No, what he does is my eyes are open to see something. I just want to make sure that we're clear about that tonight. So I'm not saying that because you fear God, then God will do this. What happens is as you fear God, as you walk in that reverential fear of God, as you honor God, your eyes begin to open and you begin to see who you are and what has been laid in store for you. Is that, is that, is that okay? Everybody following me? So now Jesus Christ said in here, he said, I'll show you who you should be afraid of. Be afraid of him that can both destroy the body and the soul. But then he just flipped. It's almost as if Jesus flipped. Look at verse 7. No, verse 6 rather, sorry. Verse 6. It's almost as if he flipped the coin on them. Because if you ask me, what has me fearing a man got to do with sparrows? But hear what he says. Are not five sparrows sold for two coppers, two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Verse 7. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Almost as if Jesus Christ backed what Pastor Bakari has been preaching. I stand in reverential fear. And God said, don't you understand? Because you have reverential fear for me, there cannot be any lack in your life. As a matter of fact, one very strand of your hair if it falls off, I'm aware of it. It's not possible for it to, because I know there's a lack in there already. I filled it out. Are you following me? I want you to get what I'm saying tonight. Listen, it's almost as if Jesus flipped the coin on them. Because how does teaching about me fearing a man come to do with the sparrows that are sold for two coppers of coin? And now immediately Jesus Christ placing a value upon my life. And saying, listen, you are of more value to me. I want you to know when your lack is like a lack. I want you to know that your abundance is what I live for every day. The very hair of your head. Before you ever get that bill. Before you ever hear that report from the doctor. I want you to know I am aware of it. But rather than zero in into that thing, I want you to look at me. What Jesus Christ was not saying, was saying was not really flipping the coin on them. But he came back to let them know, listen, do not be afraid of the doctor's report. Do not be afraid of the bill that you get. Do not be afraid that your marriage may collapse. But I'm saying to you, look unto me. Because the very hair on your head, there's not one strand that will fall off that I'm not aware of it. Are you all following me? You all seem very quiet. I don't know about you. I'm enjoying my own message myself. I'll be very honest with you. Because I'm ministering to myself as well. Are you all following me? So now, Jesus Christ is saying to me, I, I, saying to us, I care about you so much. Everything about your life is my concern. From the minute you wake up to when you go to sleep. Even while you're sleeping, I'm watching over you. So that when that news come, 
or where anything that may daunt you comes at you, I want you to know before it ever came, I'm aware of it. And I've already made a way of escape for you. I've already placed my abundance over your life. It, that's why David will say, I have been young, I am now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. What he's saying in the time of grace is, anyone that is in Christ, no matter what it is, I have, God will never enjoy seeing you beg for bread. It is not possible for you to beg for bread. Why? Because I see this array of abundance. I see this door of abundance that is open before you. That's why David will say, the Lord is is my shepherd I will not want. Amplify said the Lord is my shepherd I have no lack. Listen because at the end of the day it's your lifestyle that glorify God. Therefore God has a vested interest in you coming into the abundance that he has set aside for you. And because Jesus said it is finished all God is doing in our lives is that your eyes would open and know that you are a king, you are a priest, you are not ordinary. A value is on your life. God has placed a value on you. Hear me, no matter what the lies of the enemy may be, you are special in the eyes of God. He owns the cattle upon a thousand years. He made you, the physical body you, the mental you, everything about you. He cares so much about it that even the strand of your hair when it falls is aware of it. And no matter what lies the enemy may pose, I want to submit to you tonight. You are not just in a place or you are not getting to a place. You are in a place of abundance. You see, I am going to have abundance is different from I am in the place of abundance. Because if I don't see what God sees... That's why pastor said, he said so many things so succinctly yesterday. He said, you do not talk to God about your mountain. You tell the mountain about your God. So what does it translate to? Even though I may see a lack, I really don't see a lack. Because my reality is not the lack. Because the things that I see, they are temporal. The things that I do not see, they are eternal. I am an eternal being and I live from the realm of the eternal. I am just a human having an earthly experience. This is just a body. It is casing what is just eternal. That is my reality. That is where I live from. So when the doctor tells me this is the story, you don't understand. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't you understand that the very air of my air cannot fall without God being aware of it. Don't you understand that by his stripes I have been healed. I am healed already. I walk in divine health. When you do that, my life agrees with the abundance that I have and I do not agree with the lack that may seem to be what I see in the natural. And I'm saying to you all, this is where the robber meets the road for every one of us as believers. 
So that when I step out right through this door, I'm encouraged in one fact. He would never leave me, nor forsake me. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, I'm saying to you, I know one thing for sure. That David, like David says, surely goodness and mercy. Listen, it may not yet appear what it should be like. But the Bible says, you see, he that had this all purifies himself even as Christ himself is pure. Because what I see may not appear to be what I want to see. But because I am seeing differently, it brings a different picture and a different confidence in me. We're talking about no more lack. I'm saying to you, when Jesus said it is finished, no more lack is what Jesus said to you. You are living in a world of abundance. Yes, you may not be touching it now. Like pastor said, the bill may have come. It does not change what the reality of the word of God is. The reality of the word of God is I live in abundance. That is my God. That is my father. If I, Jesus asks the disciples, if you're not able to add a cubit to your height, I mean, why are you going to worry over the things that you eat and drink? Don't you understand? I feed the ravens. I clothe the lily. And to me, you are of more value than these ones. Why would you not think that when you feel like you are in lack, I will not supply your needs? But the New Testament and the gospel of grace says this. John 10.10. 10. The enemy has come but to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that you will have life and have it in abundance. Simple as ABC. Then you go to Colossians 2.9. That's my favorite scripture I use all the time. I am complete in him. Therefore, when you look at me, there is no... You may think you see a lack. Listen, you may think what you see is reality. You're not seeing I mean, I, wa I was sharing with someone the other day. She, I had a $20. I said to them, what is this? She said $20. I said, no, you're not seeing $20. He said, but, no, but I'm seeing $20. I said, but I'm not seeing $20. She said, okay, do you need to use your glasses, a different glass? I'm telling you I'm seeing $20. I said, you don't understand. I am not seeing $20. It depends on where both of us are looking from. For her, she saw $20. For me, I didn't see $20. I only saw a seed that would become an abundance. Simple as ABC. It just depends on where she's looking from. What I'm saying is, for you to grasp the message that there's no more lack. And again, this no more lack has just, it's not, should not be relegated to just finances. Peace, health, soundness of mind, wholeness in relationships, every one of them. Because where there is a void, that's why the Bible says the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All of that just speaks of lack. When something is killed, you lack that thing. When something is stolen, you lack that thing. Is that correct? That means something is removed from you, basically. And you lack that thing. But Jesus Christ said, I have come that you have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, everywhere you may think there will be a lack, I have filled it up. 
Now it just depends on what perspective you're looking at. And as long as I have this reverential fear for God, I honor his word. My eyes becomes open all the time to see opportunity where men see lack. Listen, it was because men saw lack that vehicle was invented. It was because men saw lack that the aeroplane was invented. It's because men saw lack that a chair was invented. They realized if you stand all the time, you need to sit. Somebody, listen, every lack is an opportunity of abundance. Please remember that word tonight. Every lack is an opportunity of abundance. Every lack is an opportunity of abundance. Because for me, now I see lack as a seed to my abundance. Lack will now not bring depression upon me worry upon me because with worry i say to myself i understand and i cling onto fear the bible says fear as torment but when i see a lack now i see an opportunity what can i do better if i have 20 dollars how does this 20 dollars turn to 2 million you understand me because I've seen those that have started stuff with just one dollar. And those that don't even, that started stuff with nothing at all. It just depends on how you're seeing it. Are you seeing it from the finished work perspective? Or are you seeing it from where you are? Because where you are is just earthly. And you are, remember I said to you, you are just an eternal being. You only live in this body. This case, this physical body only has what God himself speaks to. Which is your spirit man that has been renewed in Christ and so when you say you are seated you are seated in a complete position in God are you following me now in order for us to pray very soon I'm just going to try and wrap it up pastor said something yesterday when he wrapped it all up he said how does all of this translate and he used the word trust and I want to submit to you tonight. Without trust. To move from lack to abundance that you already have. Will be almost a challenge. Open with me to the book of Psalm. Psalm 125. If you may please, can you help me put that out in NLT. Psalm 125. What does trust do? Trust says... I see the abundance that you have for me. I cling onto the abundance that you have for me. I immerse myself into the abundance that you have for me. Look at what it says in NLT. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Come on. You could shout hallelujah with that one. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. Remember, Mount Zion is where God shines from. It's a mountain that can never be moved. So what that means is, because my trust is in God. Listen, the doctors may tell you it is the worst case scenario. It is fine. That is what the doctors know to do. In fact, if they don't say that, they are not doctors. That's why they went to school. They got that degree in order for them to tell you there's a problem. 
listen, you have a bigger degree than they have. Your degree is called, it is finished. When somebody asks you, what is your certificate? It is called, it is finished. Then you can look at the doctor in the face and say, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But I have a confidence in the degree that has been given me. You have said it from your own perspective. I am telling you from my own perspective, this person that stands before you sick today, by the time I come back, I will not be the same person. Then you turn around and do what pastor said. You just don't say that. And you now go to God. Ah, remember Peter? After he had boasted before the Sanhedrins. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to obey you or don't obey you? I mean, the guy confidently boasted to them. He went back into his own company. I said, hey God, hear me. I have opened my mouth. But now I want you to follow up this thing with sign wonders. So you do exactly what pastor said to do yesterday. God, here's the case. I see two things at stake. The doctor told me it's over. But I look at your word. It tells me it's abundant life. And Lord, this is what I believe. There's no more lack. This is what my bank account says. I look at it this morning, I had $2. But I know there's no more lack. Because you have supplied all of my need. You became poor that I through your poverty will become rich. Everything you've done it for my own favor. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray tonight. In Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22. Isaiah 60 verse 22. The Bible talked there about how a little will become a thousand. Is that understandable? Remember I started out this message by saying God took Abraham that had nothing and made him something. It says here God will make a little to become a thousand. Whatever it is that you're going through tonight your little has become abundant. I want you to also open with me to the book of First Kings, chapter seventeen. First Kings, chapter seventeen. You all know the backdrop of the story, but verse fourteen is where I'm going to zero in on. Elijah said, "For this is the word of the Lord." I'm using NLT as well. The God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your container. Give it to me again in New King James, please. And then we're going to pray. Just a short prayer and we're going to be done tonight. He says, for thus says the God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. Lift up your hands tonight. I want you to zero in on that thing that you're trusting God for. That area where you seem to see where there is lack, but I'm saying to you is an abundance. 
And I'm going to say this over that thing right now. Lift up your hands. Thus says the Lord to you. The bean of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry. In contemporary English. Every area. Whether physical. Whether financial. Whether mental. Relationship. Every area right now. I want you to begin to see. In that area where there may be a lack. It will never run dry. It will never run dry. You will not be put to shame. You will not be disappointed. As your expectation is, you will see it fulfilled. In the name of Jesus. Every door that has been shut to you, I want to see you to see them open. Every area of no, I want you to see them come back to you and say yes. And every area where the doctor has said there is no hope, I want you to see the word of God tonight. That there is hope. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. By his stripes you are healed. Beloved, I wish above all things that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prosper. Tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring to bear the abundant finished work of God in every area of need. Father, tonight we declare we see through the lenses of the scripture, we see through the lenses of the finished work and we speak in agreement with the finished work and we declare in our life, oh God, we have abundance in every area. In our homes, we have abundance. On our jobs, we have abundance. On our finances, abundance. In our health, abundance. In our everything that we do, abundance in the name of Jesus for you said you have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly father tonight in the name of Jesus we declare we have life abundantly we agree with your word we agree with your finished work we declare we walk in abundance in the name of Jesus for we say tonight the Lord is our shepherd and we lack for nothing father we thank you yet though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we fear no evil for we know you are with us we know you have finished it we know you have brought us to a place of peace we know we are settled in you in the name of Jesus and so Lord tonight we thank you that even as Elijah prayed that the eyes of Gehazi be opened for those of us that may still be struggling Open our eyes that we may see the abundance that we have in you. For you said there is not one strand of hair that falls from my head that you are not aware of it. You are the one that took Abraham and made him a nation. You are the one that took a earth that was formed without void and built nations on earth. Father, you are the one that took a twelve and built the gospel of the kingdom. For that therefore, Lord, we know you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we ask or think. We are the seed in your hand. 
Where you see us, you see abundance. And so we thank you tonight. This is who we are. We are the children of the Most High God. Our Father is the owner of the cattle upon a thousand hills. Our God is the God that heals and binds everyone. He's the balm of Gilead. Thank you, my God. We bless your name tonight. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise is worthy. I just want to charge you tonight that let this time of fasting be a time where it is settled in your mind as to who you are. You are not an ordinary child. You are the child of the Most High God.